Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. the CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up. What's up? Happy Draft Recap Monday. Adam Hogue, Mark Carmen, Nicholas Moriano with you. The Bears have 10 new draft picks. This show has one brand-new, beautiful-sounding microphone. Well, I'd like to thank you for putting me right there with the importance of the Bears picks and this new mic because, you know, for me to be able to connect to the ears of my fans in a greater way has meant so much to me. And I'd like to thank my guy. Oh, yeah, there it is. Don't worry, Ladder. You're all right. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, my guy, Kurt, who got me the arguable goat hat, he sent me the Amazon link in the middle of the show by this microphone, Carm, and I did, and it, it came yesterday. Uh, it does have a little bit of an odd look to it, I think, but uh, I'll just leave it at that. But I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very happy to have it and happy to be here. So thank you so much, Adam. And you, Nick. It looks good. It looks good. Sounds good. Um, you Does know, it not we're look making... like what I think it looks like. Am I? Am I? Am I, no, 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 you're, 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 I mean, I wouldn't have really thought of that, but now, now, now I'm everyone's head. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, yeah. the, re- <laughs> the reality is, you sound better. So yes. that's all that matters. Yeah. I'll, that is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is uh, this has made my day. Uh, very different feeling than uh, this time last year, I'd say, and uh, I'm feeling pretty good about it. So thank you very much. Kurt is my official new leader in life, so uh, great. And I'm very excited to go through the picks today with you guys. I'm very excited for rookie mini camp this Friday and Saturday. Get to see these guys in person. Uh, I, I think we can just put it out there. Coach Brian Bohannon coming on tomorrow from Kennesaw State. I'm very excited about that. The man led Travis Bell to the Bears. Let's go. That's going to be a nice, fun little hit there amongst some other guests. Hopefully, we'll be having on this week. So, big week for CHGO. Let's go. I uh, and I have to say I finally like 15 minutes for the show got my hands on a few clips of his and I still got to dive into it a little bit more but he's not kidding when he says you run sideline to sideline uh, that's that was my first takeaway is he is going everywhere so that's exciting for Travis Bell the Bears seventh round pick I'm excited about that his story is uh pretty awesome but um yeah I think I think what we want to do today, and if you missed any of our coverage, there's a lot to catch up on. Of course, you can you can check out our shows from Thursday and Friday if you want to go back and kind of get some of the raw reaction. We also pulled out on our YouTube channel smaller clips when each pick was made so you can get the initial instant reaction. And then Saturday's show, uh, which, is very, which has been very popular in the last couple of days, is a recap of everything. So 
what we kind of want to do today is probably zoom out a little bit more and and just look at the totality of the class. And I know everybody wants to give grades on the Monday after the draft. Let me just be very clear in how I do this. I'm grading the process. I'm not trying to sit here and say, uh, yeah, these are, you know, three Hall of Famers, and uh, two busts and, you know, a bunch of, you know, no, no one really knows how these players are going. Even the bears, even the bears don't know how these players are going to do once they show up to the building on Friday and rookie mini camp starts and they start to get in the swing of things. But I do think that there's something to be said for grading the process, grading the value of some of these picks, grading what the bears feel and are projecting from some of these guys versus maybe what, I don't know what we're looking at on tape. Uh, and obviously we, you know, they're way more qualified than we are, but we do look at it. So I think this is going to be a fun conversation. Um, and we're going to, I guess, put a great value on it. Nick, how are you feeling a couple of days? First of all, how are, how are you feeling? Better. You were, you were struggling Better. through the weekend a little bit. It was a struggle, but you know, as we all did, we were grinding away. Um, I'm about halfway through this vitamin C bag drops that I got right here. So we're, we're getting better and hopefully I won't uh, need to uh, potentially overdose on those things, but we're, we're good. We're good. We're, we're trending in the right direction. Like this bears team. Carb. Uh, look, honestly, right now I'm just, just mesmerized the fact that Nick and I have the same exact microphone and that he was able to figure out how to use and that I could never <laughs> figure out. I don't know how the hell I have that thing. And he sounds great. And I always sounded like shit. Um, but look, I like how you're how you're going about your draft, Hogue, just grading it out. But the way I'm doing it is, um, you know, from a slightly let's try to be skeptical and be fair at the same time viewpoint. And so I'm looking at like who went right after that the Bears could have had, and would that to your point, like would that have made more sense along their process? It's a very hard game to play. It's unfair probably, but I am, but the way I kind of been just trying to pick it is uh, who was there? Who did they pick? Would it have made more sense to go in another direction? Sometimes it does. And sometimes I feel like they nailed it. And some, some of them are super hard. Like I, for me, like the first round is my, if I, I, I'm, you know, there was just not a lot of consensus around the offensive lineman. The bears have to trust their own evaluation. So they love Darnell, right? That was their guy. They were willing to move back one space, but they weren't willing to move back any further. I would have been maybe a little more risky and like whoever the last offensive lineman was left, I would have spun with it because they basically were all graded the same, but then you could have owned the way it went out. You couldn't have gone any further back than 14. So, you know, who wanted to trade up from there? Probably not a lot of candidates. So I don't know how much more they could have gotten. So, so, but then the other side of it is, you know, there was that there, could they have gotten that right tackle later an, an Anton Harrison type and taken the edge rusher that they don't have, but nobody really loved Lucas Van Ness. I mean, there was a huge mix on that. The Packers have him, but he could be a tweener. It didn't start at all. Yes. There were good players in front of him. So it's just, it's just a, it's a really tough call right now to, to figure out if they, if they did it right. Well, let, let's take a look. I have to say the Bears are getting quite a bit of praise, uh, and we have a, a list, a compilation of some of the draft grades that have been given out, um, and it's pretty flattering. Bleacher Report, A, Sporting News, A, The Ringer, A, 
USA Today, A, NFL.com, A minus, ESPN, B plus, Pro Football Focus, B plus, Sports Illustrated, B, New York Post, B minus, and those frauds at the Washington Post going with a C plus. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, guys, it's like when people on the outside looking in, I mean, I think overall they like what the Bears did with their 10 draft picks. And, you know, obviously it starts when they traded out of number one with the Carolina Panthers and we're able to get, you know, the guys that we're going to talk about today. But, you know, I'm I'm in I'm in that range of like uh, grading the Bears in, in in a positive light here. And we'll, we'll talk about again how exactly we, we did each individual grades. But, yeah, I think the Bears, you know, they addressed obviously some needs on this roster, but like. Mark was just saying, like the edge rusher position, that was left out out of this whole the ten draft picks that they got. I think it's important too to also factor in that this whole haul started with having the number one pick. Mm-hmm. So when you factor in <clears throat> DJ Moore being part of this, future first round pa- pick being a part of this, another future second round pick being a part of this, they added a fourth round pick next year by trading back to number 10. There's more draft capital, a number one wide receiver, and a bunch of needs that got addressed. Now, I'm not totally on board with all of the picks right now. I don't hate any of them. I'm a little bit skeptical on some of them. But I think if I did just solely off of what was done over the weekend, I'd probably give this like a B. If I That's factor it, if I factor mm-hmm. in the totality though of going back to March and trading back to nine and factoring that all into it, which I think you have to do, I'm more of like an A minus. Because I think again, this is about process. You know, all 10 of these picks can end up being bad players, which unlikely, but you know, and I would still sit here today and be like, I like the process. I like, I like the way Ryan Poles went about this from the very beginning, from, you know, being in that awkward position of having to talk about Justin Fields and not fully committing to him, even though they they really were, to making a pick with the Panthers, the way it was handled at the combine to get that big haul, and and another takeaway too, as I I guess I kind of go in a couple different directions, but based on how the draft played out on Thursday, because there was always this idea, could the Bears get more if they waited? I don't know. I don't know that they could have. I don't don't know that there's a consensus either way on it. That part of the process, if we're just going process-based, which is the only way you should be going about that, I I do not blame him. You – Poles, Poles had a deal where he felt comfortable. He had, and I think it's just very logical that you you got a, a wide receiver that they absolutely positively had to have that sets up that entire room, and you didn't have to go back that far. Um, and the Texans weren't re- weren't ready to move. He tried to get that done. He was trying to go one to two, two to nine, and, and Houston wasn't ready to go. Could he have sat in his, in his anxiety and waited for Houston to come around and hope that Carolina didn't do anything else? Maybe, but but that's just you know he was. I I I think his process in that part of it was absolutely correct. 
Yeah, I don't have a problem with how, you know, it all ended up playing out with with um the draft here. And we see obviously the first couple of picks there. You have the three quarterbacks going in the top four. And then, you know, the Eagles wanted to move up to go get Jalen Carter there. So I think in hindsight, yeah, I think Ryan Poles did make the right move at at that moment, at that time, and it still played out to work in their advantage, you know, when draft night came up on, on Thursday night. So how how Ryan Poles obviously you know, thought about the process of, of trading back and, you know, trying to gauge what Mark was just saying, what the Texans wanted to do. I think it's still played out in the Bears' favor, and they still got the guys, ultimately got the guy they wanted in Darnell Wright and were able to get him, you know, a pick later than what they were originally selected to stay at or select at number nine and got him at number 10. Did you guys see what The Athletic wrote about, uh, Hogan Johns? The Athletic wrote about Darnell Wright. Can I read this to you real fast? I know it's, it's, it's pretty it's, – it's, it's, uh, Who wrote it? It was written not by Adam Johns, not by Dane Brugler, uh, but was by – Scott Duckerman? It was My Scott. former professor at Iowa? The, doc, the doctor was in. Um, I mean, Scott he, 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 he eviscerates the pick. He writes, Dub Bears. The Bears had an NFL low, 20 sacks, ranked 31st in total defense, had a major needle on the D-line, especially at Matt Eberflus's coveted three technique. Instead, the Bears opted for a right tackle in the draft's most, que- most questionable early move, is what he put. GM Ryan Poles was a former O-lineman who- and has tried to rebuild this roster on the O-line first, and Wright will help, but the Bears have nothing on the defensive line, absolutely nothing. Wright started at three different positions along the Vols O-line over four seasons, but played his best football last fall at right tackle. In the Vols' quick tempo, big strike scheme, Wright was forced to block some of the country's top edge rushers, like Will Anderson, Carm Editorial, and didn't allow a sack in 2022. He's physical and nasty, but still has room to grow in his technique to become an upper-level O-lineman. And then he goes into his combine, and he gives the grade a D-minus. The big D-minus from the doctor. I was like, good Lord, doctor. Yeah. One yeah. man's opinion. One man's opinion. Uh, let's not freak out on one Adam, man's opinion. Yeah. Adam Johns and uh, Fishman were getting uh, a lot of crap for that. We're like, whoa, the athletic gave the Bears a, a D, D minus there. He's like, yeah, no, that's not us. That's not us, you guys, as we were like at, at House Hall. But I think, too, like Scott really liked Lucas Van Ness uh, as a prospect and obviously covers the Iowa Hawkeyes, knows all about him. And he would have been a help on the defensive line. But I have no problem with Darnell Wright. I think that that helps Justin Fields. Like, that's the thing, too. Like, with the pick, that helps the offense. That's going to help Justin Fields stay upright. So, yeah, it's one man's opinion, like you said, Mark. He, he, for the record, gave the Lions an F on Jameer Gibbs, and I actually completely agree with him. There's no way you needed to take him at six. That dude is available at 18. He's probably available in the second round. Um, At 12, right? At 12. The guy who was. was slamming the table for Bijan Robinson who went eight he what I know but so you're if you're here's the thing if you're okay drafting a running back I don't think Jameer Gibbs was a bad pick hold on wait Gibbs didn't go six though I'm I'm at 12 he went 12 okay he's absolutely there at eight they traded back they got him at 12 they would could have had him at 18 where they also overdrafted Jack Campbell uh, may, maybe they'll be right on these picks but the, the, the part of it is also like who can you get when can you get him later like just because I but that's actually an answer we don't know I think we do know on Jameer Gibbs 
I don't we, know that we know that. It, like You it, think Jameer Gibbs would have gone 13, 14, 15, 16, 17? There's a lot of people who thought he could have gone in the 20s. Okay, in the 20s. If you had the 18th pick. A week ago, no one thought Darnell Wright was going 10th. Okay. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, okay, we, now I'll talk out of both sides of my mouth and say at the end of the day, if you get the guy that you want, he's a good player, it's going to look good. But I understand why the, why the good doctor gave him an F on that. Jameer Gibbs at 12, no one had that. All right. I'm now, sorry. Yeah, back to the Bears picks, and we are going to talk a little bit about the NFC North uh, in the next segment and how they, how they graded out. I, w- when I said – that I would probably give it like a solid B before you factor in all the, you know, the stuff that happened before the draft and the overall haul, including DJ Moore. So I really like the Darnell Wright pick. You know, I've been on record on that. I think it fills a need. I think it's a plug and play starter. I think it's that's, that's good. Now the defensive tackles are where I'm trying to be a little bit more cautious and uh, a little tease here. This morning, Corey Wooten and I spent a lot of time breaking down film from both Jervon Dexter and Zach Pickens. So um, we we are going to get those produced and edited and out soon. So keep an eye out for one of those. But one of the themes you're going to see in the Jervon Dexter video and that breakdown is he he does he has a great game in the game we break down and he makes a lot of big plays and you see the athleticism, you see the size, you see his strength and him being able to toss guys and and still make a play in the backfield when it looks like he's swallowed up and not going to be able to do anything. It's very impressive. But the other thing you see very, 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 very consistently is he is the last guy off the ball. Mm. And it's to a level that both Corey and I are very concerned about it. And, and it can't not, it cannot just be blamed on read and react being the, because there, there's literally snaps where they're playing Kentucky in this game that we break down where L- Will Levis has the ball in his hands and a shotgun. Like he he'd already had the ball snapped to him. The ball is in his hands and Dexter still got his hands on the ground. So this is a big like leap of trust here that the, athleticism scores and how they look at explosiveness by looking at broad jump and vertical that coming into this bear scheme, that that's just going to click because some guys just never really have good timing and good get off. And they never really develop that no matter how athletic they are. And there's other guys. I want to say it was, was it Jonathan Bullard? Jonathan Bullard had like the greatest get off of all time. Mm -hmm. And he didn't have the rest of the package. So it's not to say that this isn't going to work, but in the Bears scheme where the get off and the explosiveness and that initial quickness and burst is so important. This is a, this is a projection. And I think ultimately when we look back on this pick three years later, that's what we're going to be looking at. It's going to be did Dexter develop that and fit into this Bears scheme Pick that up, and if he does, I think I'd say watch out because he's got everything else, and it's very, very impressive. And quite frankly, it's very impressive because he gets swallowed up sometimes by these college linemen because of the lack of get off, and he still manages to like rip them away and make the play. Now, what I'm worried about is it ain't Kentucky at the next level, man. These guys, mm-hmm. you don't get off the ball and you get swallowed up early, you're not gonna win, and and so that's where this is a big projection. 
Yeah, and Adam, I know Ryan Pulsey mentioned that about Dexter, saying so far, Dexter, a little bit more of a square stance, read and mirror, kind of what you were talking about. And I wonder, too, now that he's going to have like a different responsibility as a three-tech where you want to penetrate and get upfield. And I wonder how long that takes, right? We don't know that. We don't have that answer yet. So um, for him, I mean, that's going to be the projection. Obviously, they think that with drafting him in the second round, that he could make that jump, make that transition to being more of that three tech, but it probably is going to take time. If he's been used to this type of defense and what his role was, it's probably going to take some time, but to kind of speak to the three tech, we knew that that was a position too in the draft where there were some top guys being Jalen Carter, Kalijah Kansi, you put Benton up there too. But then after that, it kind of, there was like a bit of a drop off in a sense. So them taking like the double swing at it, for, um, in my opinion, I think that's a, a good way of going about it if you're trying to still find that all-important player in this defense. And because you're going to have these guys mixed in, playing different positions as well, like you want to almost have more opportunities, more swings at it. And they obviously got uh, Bell later on in the draft. So for the three-tech position, that it's just one one approach they can take to try to fill that, that much-needed, uh, coveted position. But you know, for me, I, I kind of like that. They went with two guys as opposed to just putting everything they have in one guy in Dexter. They did it with three guys, essentially. What I find or what I'd like to uh, ask Ryan Poles when we get a chance to do it again is like, it's not like they don't have the same. They have all the tape. They saw him getting off the ball late. But they feel comfortable that he is going to be able to learn it. To me, that's almost a trait where you either have it or you don't. And that's, I think, Woot's biggest concern. But yeah. the Bears are, they, they are, you know, Poles has got, has to have a ton of faith in his coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they asked him about it or I don't, you know, they had, they had to have, this is nothing, this is not something that we saw that they didn't see. So there's a confidence in there, which I like and also scares me at the same time. Yeah, I, I mean, I would, I would venture to guess that there's something in the uh, history of Flus and DeForest Buckner that he sees that yeah. is is just there, and and you know, it's been a it's been a while now since I since I was breaking down DeForest Buckner tape, um, but I remember doing it, and you know, I think the big difference there was you know he was a he was a big time prospect who you knew the entire draft process was going to go top 10. Uh, some had him as, you know, a top three prospect that year coming out um, back in 2016 when he was drafted by the 49ers. So th- there's, there's definitely a little bit of a difference there. Um, but uh, my guess is just there in that vision. That's, that's what they're looking at and what they're seeing that they think is going to translate and, uh, you know, I hope it does. I, I, cause it's, if when we now are breaking down this tape, we're like, man, the get off is so bad. And yet he's still making all these plays. So he must be pretty damn good. That's a positive way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. And let's also remember, look, the house was on fire. You had nothing there. You had to address it. Like you didn't address it in free agency. You passed on Jalen Carter you can't play without, you know, a different defensive line going into 2023. So 
that was definitely uh, – I, I don't I, – I wonder if he was the BPA at that best player available at that point or not, but they, ha- they had to get in there and do it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, we're going to keep it moving here. I want to make sure you know about Fubo TV, 140-plus live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. Stream live TV from any device. It's really easy, and you can watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. Start watching immediately with a seven-day free trial. No contract, no cable, no hassle. You just sign up and start watching. You get a 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. Uh, Watch local teams while traveling, which is uh, one of the best perks. And we got so many events still coming up on the calendar. Of course, the NHL and NBA playoffs. How about some of those games last night? Game seven's going on in the NHL. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not the biggest hockey fan, but you you tell me on Twitter that there's a game seven in overtime. I'm turning that game on, which I did last night. Uh, and the Panthers ending the, the Bruins record-breaking season uh, there in Boston. That was a big game. You watch it all right there on Fubo. Got the NHL draft coming up as well. And the best part is they have both the Cubs and White Sox with both Marquee and NBC Sports Chicago, which some of these other competitors don't have. So watch the Cubs on Marquee. Watch the White Sox on NBC Sports Chicago with Fubo TV. Use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. And watch him when you're wearing your shady rays. You can take on the Fubo and you can take on the sun gear that is built to last. We love our friends at Shady Shady Rays who've got you covered through the warm weather ahead and all year round. The premium polarized shades at an affordable price. I just feel so much more comfortable with my Shady Rays on. And I also love supporting the independent sunglasses company, that offers a world-class product, just as good as any expensive pair that you have ever worn. Shady Rays, you know it, you love it. They've got the most insane protection plan in all of eyewear. Every pair backed by their lost and broken replacements. If you lose or you break a pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. They're not going to hassle you. They're going to be like, oh, sweet. We'll send you a new pair. We love you. Thank you for being a part of the Shady Rays world. Uh, if you don't love them, you can exchange it for a new pair, uh, return them for free. Also within 30 days, no risk when you shop. The team always has your back and exclusively for you, the CHGO listener. Shady Rays giving you their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code CHGO. 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. You can try for yourself. The shades rated five stars, five of them, by over 250,000 people. And also a reminder, by the way, that CHGO Bears offseason coverage has been brought to you right now and the rest of the show and the rest of the day and the rest of the week by the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program. Learn more at ComEd.com slash Powering Biz. All right. So I guess my uh, before we get to some of these NFC North teams, did you guys give specific grades? I'm going A minus factoring in the whole big picture, trading back from number one, everything Ryan Poles did. If we're just focusing on the weekend, I'm more of a B. Yeah, I'm going with the solid B. Um, again, looking at what they were able to do, I think the main focus was still getting Justin Fields more playmakers and just stabilizing that line. Felt like they were able to do that with Roshan Johnson, again, another running back, Tyler Scott, the wide receiver, and obviously Darnell Wright. So like what they did in this draft, and obviously we talked about Ed Rush not being addressed, but solid B for me. 
I'm uh, with Nick, but I'll throw on a plus just because I, I appreciate the aggressiveness of what they did with specifically the running back and the wide receiver and Roshan Johnson and Tyler Scott that I'm excited about. Uh, I'm also starting to fall in love with Tyreek Stevenson, despite the fact that uh, he's got some stuff off the field that you don't love. You do love the dog that is him on the field. And uh, I did not necessarily think they would address corner, even though it made sense for them to do. And the trade up seems aggressive, but I'm starting to fall in love with that. Uh, my one negative on this whole thing is uh, not so much to do with the draft, but it does have a little bit to do with the draft and Noah Sewell, who I'm not saying is not going to be a good player, but it is a little bit confusing to me, their philosophy, when you have your best player on the defense last year, arguably with the massive production, it just seems like they just do not value Jack Sanborn at all at this point. Uh, and yes, I have been sitting here buying the Jersey and the sand guy, and there's that part of it, but, the, but outside of even that, like, I hope that they don't just completely go down this measurable thing and forget exactly what is going on on the field. That guy was undrafted. Mm -hmm. You took a swing on him. He should have been drafted. He should have been drafted in the middle rounds at worst. And now it's like you're almost kicking him to the curb, it feels like. And and that I, I, I just – I hope we're not getting too caught up and he jumped this high and he ran this fast and all that type of stuff versus actually what's happening on the field. Yeah, I, I, it's an interesting point because they are full, you know, relative athletic score all the way to the top. And I, th I think it's overall, it's a good strategy, but um, it's a good, I, I think the Noah Sewell pick was one that they was truly best player available. True. Cause it, yeah. it wasn't a need. It, uh, I don't know if you guys saw what Bruce Feldman wrote in the athletic post draft, but uh, he had 14 takeaways from the entire draft. And out of, you think 14 takeaways, the entire draft, one of those is Noah Sewell. It was Noah Sewell. One of them was because he said that if he had uh, come out after uh, 2021, which he couldn't do, he was only a sophomore at that point. But if he had, he he would have said he would have he would have thought he was a top 20 pick in the entire draft. Wow. Yeah. Um. And, and it, you know, for various reasons that that quite frankly I'm still sort of looking into. But obviously they used him differently. There was a new coaching staff. Um according to some of the information Feldman had in his piece, quoting some scouts, they thought he didn't play with the same energy, um, you know? And so the, I, I think the bears are making a calculated bet here. Fifth round, 148 overall, not the end of the world. That if they got 2021, Noah Sewell, they got a stud. And in regardless of position, you want to add good football players. So, yeah, and I, I do agree that of all the players on this roster, it's been a tough few months for Jack Sanborn, who, yeah. you know, really played lights out and was incredible last year. And, you know, I still think they walk onto the field of the training camp and he's a starting Sam backer. But, you know, Noah Sewell might might mm -hmm. push him. If we if we learn anything about Jack Sanborn, though, he's going to he's going to keep fighting. Man. He's going to be in there. By the way, injuries are going to happen and it's a position of depth. I, I listen at, at the end of the day too. arguing against what I just said. I don't think they dislike Sanborn. I, I, I don't think that, that that's not, that's not logical. How could they dislike him? The guy played, he played great. Um, so maybe it is just a best player available. Let's get some depth in here. Let's let's, you know, we're not going to worry about who's, you know, who's there right now. We're taking the, the best dude on the board and they, okay. I, I can see that. And then the same thing of what I just said, it's like, Hey, um, 
It just, there's just the whole philosophy of the draft is based on RAS and whatnot. It's like, ow, uh, you know, I hope you're right. And I hope your coaching is right. But it also makes me a little nervous. Well, one more quick thing, too. It was a subtle comment made by Alan Williams in the video the Bears put out of the call to Jervon Dexter. And it was like almost towards the end of it. If you didn't watch all of it, you probably wouldn't even see where Alan Williams got on the the phone, but he says, we're going to build this thing the way this defense is supposed to be built inside out, Mm. which is pretty incredible to think about the lack of, you know, when they make the Roquan Smith trade, they don't have much inside going out, you know? And, and if you look at this off season, it's been all those, those linebackers, it's now been, uh, they signed some defensive tackles. They added two somewhat early in this draft as well. So the emphasis here really seems to be back towards building that inside out. And I think you look at this defense up the middle now, certainly compared to where it was in the middle of last season, it looks a whole of a lot. It, it looks a lot better re- regardless of, you know, how these picks work out, um, which is still the question mark. You can at least see the emphasis put in there. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, I want want to give a quick shout out to Brian at Bears Fit who does watch our show every single day. What's up, Brian? Talking to, yeah, Brian, he's always watching. He he did we talked about the draft and like the traits we were just talking about. And you know, it kind of is almost reminiscent of like what, you know, the former GM Ryan Pace would do, like going up with those traits. You think of like first round pick Kevin Kevin White, right? Bunch of traits guy, Leonard Floyd. And it's I think what we heard from you know, Ryan Poles over, you know, the weekends, like, you know, these traits, you know, can allow these players, they don't always have to be perfect. Right. And that's always a good thing. But like we were just saying, you still want to get good football players. And ultimately, you know, a lot of these players that have these high end traits are good football players, but that shouldn't be the only evaluation. But we were just talking about that as we were discussing the draft overall, Brian likes it. And I think a lot of Bears fans do as well, but I just want to give him a shout out right here. We appreciate it, Brian. It's good. Uh, this quick super chat from Doug before we move on. Do you think they see Sewell as a potential defensive end edge in their scheme? I, I, I don't. I, t- t- to me, when I look at the difference between 2021 and 2022, that seems to be the problem that they tried to to use him as more of a pass rusher instead of just a linebacker that knows how to blitz. So I, that's where I'm hung up on it. Like I. I see it. I mean, I know he had some pass rushing per- production, but to me, it's more of a inside backer that can blitz. Um, although I'll be, f- you know, full transparency, definitely need to go back and watch more tape on him. And I haven't gotten that far with, with uh, a lot of these guys. So, um, all right, let's talk a little bit about the rest of the NFC North. We'll start with the green Bay Packers, the quarterback list Packers. Actually, I stand corrected. They do have a quarterback. Uh, his name's Jordan Love, and they uh, drafted another one. His name's Sean Clifford from Penn State, who nobody thought was getting drafted. So <laughs> they straight messed it up. You could add Holden Nailers as an undrafted free agent. Instead, he's going to dominate in Seattle. Rise and shine Green Bay. Horrible pick, Sean Clifford, number 149. So <laughs> the, the, uh, the conversation about Lucas Van Ness, 15th overall, is fascinating to me. Our initial reaction, both mine and Corey Wooten, I think some, some you know, kind of the, the whole table there, was like, that's an interesting fit there. with the, For the defense that they run, trying to use him on the edge. Um, 
I know he has ability to kick inside, so it's like, and 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 maybe I see it like maybe they think he's a five technique where the one drawback on him was he didn't have refined pass rush moves. So maybe use more of that power. This will be an interesting fit. Um, and there's definitely people out there that wait no more. They know more about this than me, but I did want to read this from Jordan Reed, who I think does a really good job of covering the draft and his scouting. eye. he said Van Ness is an ideal fit. in The Packers scheme as he can align off the edge, but also reduce down inside during passing downs at Iowa. 50% of his snaps came off the edge while 39% came as a defensive tackle. Yep. So that's, I, I think ultimately Lucas Van Ness went about the range he should have. Um, I'm, I, I guess I'm, I'm questioning the ceiling of that pick. I guess in that scheme, like I think he can be an effective rotational player. Um, they've gotten by with like guys like Dean Lowry from Northwestern for mm-hmm. a long time now that have had a pretty good uh, impact there. So I'm not, de- I'm not debating that Lucas Van Ness is going to be a good player there. I think he will be. I just. I don't know that it's going to put him in the best position to, to totally take off. Um, quickly, Luke Musgrave. I like that pick. Mm-hmm. pick. If the medicals are there, they take, you know, Lucas, Luke Musgrave. Now he, he has not played a whole lot the last few years because of injuries and stuff like that. So there is a little bit of a projection. He's got to stay healthy. We talked a lot about Jaden Reed uh, in the pre-draft process for him to go, um, you know, in the second round. Uh, good job by him considering he also was dealing with injuries and, you know, didn't have the best tape. They double dip on tight ends with Tucker craft in the third round, whole bunch of other guys. One, one name I will uh, warn you about, cause I think he's going to be somebody to keep an eye on in the future when the bears play the Packers, but Colby wooden, the defensive tackle they took in the fourth round before they grabbed Sean Clifford. Thought you were going to mention Carl Brooks there, Adam, is another one of those guys. I feel like I've talked a lot about Carl Brooks, but yeah, the fact mm-hmm. that he went to in the all the way to the sixth round, we had him super high on our board. Woot really liked him. That yeah, I mean, I, I like that pick a lot, considering where they got him in the sixth round. Uh, I, for the record, I feel like going brags in the stands here and start doing things like Busgrave and Van Ness is a tweener and he can't make it. And why the hell are you drafting two tight ends, let alone somebody out of South Dakota State? And by the way, Musgrave can't stay healthy either. Uh, and then the other side of it is that Musgrave, if he hits on what he's capable of, talk about like betting on what, you know, Dexter and everything on the bear side, Musgrave could be like Travis Kelsey. If, if he re- if it really all comes together from the dude's physical and he's fast as hell. So that's a little bit scary. Um, you, and I you, like Jaden. I like Jaden Reed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the receivers. They got, um, with Jaden Reed, they also they also got the Dontavian Wicks, who I'm not as high on. But there's a if I were to name you know a few sleepers in this draft, Grant Debose from Charlotte would have been one of those guys. They got him in the seventh round. He's a he's a deep, speedy threat, um, and he goes up and gets the football too. He was it, it, he he's on the taller side at six two. And that's just like one of those guys who I hate to say it, but I could see picturing uh, burning the bears defense for a touchdown here and there. Um, Now I say that with memories, so many memories of uh, Brett Favre and uh, Aaron Rodgers throwing those deep balls. So uh, they now with Jordan love, maybe that won't actually come to fruition the way it would with some of these with, you know, the last two quarterbacks. 
Yeah, guys, with, with Jordan Love, I mean, when you look at their, their picks here, you get the two tight ends. You get one, two, two wide receivers, a running back. Like, they got a lot of offensive weapons just from this draft alone for Jordan Love to go utilize. They didn't draft an offensive lineman. Don't know how uh, Green Bay's offensive line is at, at this point. But I think they that was the right approach because, again, this is Jordan Love we're talking about. You better surround him with as much talent as humanly possible to see what you can get. That's this is their evaluation here. Finally, what three years after drafting the guy, they're finally going to see what he's capable of. But I think it made sense how the the Green Bay Packers kind of approached it with trying to surround Jordan Love with some offensive talent. Debose stinks, Hogue. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, he, he, he's not doing anything. Although, as Brugler puts. Uh, DuBose plays with a body fluidity and catch point talent that increases chances of finding a permanent home in the NFL, although he has work to do to be considered more than just a jump ball weapon or zone beater. He has rotational value as an NFL rookie, which, you know, as a seventh round pick late in the seventh round, that ain't bad. No, he's a jump ball guy, and that's what I'm worried about. Um, Now, here's what's interesting. Going back to the – just to wrap up the Packers, to go back to their first pick, I I mean – we had Nolan Smith ahead of Lucas Van Ness on our board for the Bears for their defense. With the Packers defense, I would have had even more of a gap. I would have had Nolan Smith probably higher than Miles Murphy, even, um, and certainly way higher than Lucas Van Ness. So that's where I I'm struggling to kind of put that pick together. Because I think Nolan, it, I think when they were on the clock, actually, I might have said something like, "Oh, the Packers are going to get Nolan Smith here." They should have, they should have, and and, and that's where. So if I'm going to put an overall grade on the Packers draft, which I like a lot of these picks, um, I still don't necessarily like what they did in the first round. So I'm going to give them a B minus. Outside of the scheme, the Nolan Smith thing is just interesting to me when you look back on the draft mm-hmm. because. He's getting Micah Parsons comparisons leading into the draft. Then he falls. So people don't think that he's going to be able to get to the quarterback, you know, and maybe he's a linebacker, which, okay, we're not going to take a linebacker here. But then he gets taken by the Eagles, who know what the hell they're doing. So that's just a very interesting guy to pay attention to coming into next season as to how well he performs. I can't believe he fell as far as he did. Um, all right, before we get to the Vikings and the, the uh, Lions, CHO supported by Goose Island Beer Company, of course, Chicago's beer since 1988. The roster right now, it's so strong, it's so strong. You got Goose IPA, of course. You got Green Line. You can never go wrong with Green Line. Tropical Beer Hug mm. is uh, if, you, if you like those heavier IPAs, but still they kind of have that refreshing uh, taste to them in the summer. Uh, this is the one you want. Dry hopped, 9.9% alcohol. That's dangerously easy to drink. Uh, 312 wheat ale, the full pocket pills. There's a summertime ale that just came out that's in my fridge. Uh, So many good options. And you know what? They were awesome helping us out with our draft shows, sponsoring our draft shows over the weekend. We thank Goose Island a lot. You can thank them back by grabbing ultra fresh brewery exclusive beers at goose islands original brew house on Clybourne avenue in lincoln park actually not too far from where we were over the weekend or from their tap room on fulton street in west town goose island beer company chicago's beer 
the goose was flowing at Joe's on Wii. Thanks again to those guys. That was a phenomenal, phenomenal weekend for all of us. And thanks to all our CHGO peeps that came out and supported. And thanks to uh, most importantly, all of you who came out. It was, it was awesome to hang uh, with Renata and Gary and the whole entire crew, people coming from all over a uh, lot of energy from them. Look at that segue. The comment energy of efficiency program. Nick is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities. They serve helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Loving the energy there, Mark. And ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades. Commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes there, Mark. Nick, I would so love if you could tell me exactly how that works. Oh, I got you, Mark. An industrial engineer, an authorized engineer, maybe an industrial engineer as well, will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. So pretty quick process there, Mark. And within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. And if you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering biz. Avoidance begets avoidance. A good reminder. By the way, Nick, did you say comed.com slash powering biz, i.e. do it now? I did, Mark. So go schedule it today. Comed.com slash powering biz. Ho, get involved. Boom. Love it. All right. Um, we, I saw Braggs, Braggs wants to get in here with his grades. I think there's a, there's a comment in there, um, with his completely unbiased grades from the draft. He gives the bears an a plus the Packers an F the lions an F Vikings an F and CHGO an a plus 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 plus. I mean, seems pretty legit to me. I don't know about you guys, but. Braggs is such a moron. <laughs> <laughs> but I love him. Braggs and Chad, Gregory, great grades. Hey, maybe you'll be right. Bears, domination. CHGO, domination. Everybody else sucks. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get to some of the Lions picks here. Uh, hate him. You hate him? I hate him. No, no. There's two Iowa Hawkeyes in there, so I can't hate him. I also maybe like where they were taken. To, to, like what Mark was kind of saying earlier, I don't know. Maybe Jack Campbell was higher on a lot of other NFL teams' big boards. But when I saw that pick in the first round, I'm like, wow, okay, Jack Campbell's a first-rounder. Sam Laporta got taken before Michael Mayer and I think Luke Musgrave, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, I think he's going to be a good NFL tight end. But just seeing that, I was like, okay, that's an interesting choice too. Um I do like the Hendon Hooker pick. I like Brian, Brian Prince. I think I like their picks later on in the draft than I do actually what they did in the first round. I'm 100% with Nick. Like Branch, top safety, you get him in the second round, 45 overall. That's a decent job. Hendon Hooker makes a ton of sense for the Lions. I think they got very lucky that he fell all the way to 68. But as, as underlined earlier, I'm sorry. If he's great, I will, you know, come back around and give all the 
all the credit to the Detroit Lions uh, and their brilliance for taking Jameer Gibbs 12 and and Jack Campbell, who, um, you know, has the production. So, but like, again, you, you, it's almost seems like the Lions were playing checkers when a lot of other people were playing chess with the, with the value of the picks. Yeah, I guess I just don't like that they they tr- they traded back, and and I feel like they could have gotten more. Like you just you saw some of those mock drafts that were going on, and they were getting these hauls that included Jalen Carter, um, you know, and just. It, but that being said, I'm still giving I think I'm giving this a B because I think they got a starting running back. I think they got a start I know they got a starting linebacker. Jack Campbell's gonna start week one for them, without a doubt. Sure. Without a doubt. Sam Laporta, they needed to replace uh Hawkinson after they traded him. And and he's probably gonna be right in there pretty quickly. So uh, Brian Branch, who a lot of people thought could have gone a lot earlier, he's got an opportunity to be in there pretty damn quick as well so that's four starters right there that very well could be in there week one on an already pretty good team i am just i think that there were avenues where they could have come away like slam dunk one of the better drafts and i'm not sure this is it but i still think it's pretty damn solid they got a lot of good football players that are going to be very valuable for them and then to take a swing on heading in hooker in the third i like it I like where they got him. You know, if you're going to knock them for where they got Jameer Gibbs, I think you give him credit for where they got Hendon Hooker. They don't have to play him right away. He's coming off the ACL. He can sit there and learn for a little bit. And then whether it's later in the year when he's healthy, and, and that's going to be something to watch because if Jared Goff struggles, there's going to be calls for Hendon Hooker. Um, but in an ideal world, if Jared Goff can play like he did last year, Hendon Hooker doesn't need to see the field. 2023 he can come back healthy the following year and even though he's going to be 26 that's probably when they make their move to their next quarterback hogue i want to make a bet with you i already owe you a bottle of bourbon which uh you'll get tomorrow when we're in studio let's go all right and this bet is uh would be heavily favored my way because i'm taking the field but i will bet you that Jameer Gibbs is not the second most productive running back this year. You want to make that bet? I'm giving uh, you can have, uh, I'm not even uh, saying that among can, who uh, among, uh, uh, among the draftees, oh, any okay. running back that was picked this year. I, I, and I'm not even saying that he has to be like, I'm not giving, I'm not <clears> saying <throat> Bijan and Jameer. You can have whoever is number one and number two. I will take, I'll, I'll bet you that Jameer falls under, under number two. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't want to take that bet. I think you're probably right. Okay. Uh, they ha- they have a crowded backfield. I think carries will be limited. Um, well, they, get, they got a fourth round pick for Swift. It's only the two of them, right? Who am I missing? Uh, I think there's still a third one there, but I I, th- okay. I think I and and then we know this. Like, there's always uh Isaiah Pacheco later in the the draft that. Zach Charbonnet in Seattle like that. That seems like a guy that would also be pretty yeah, productive which, there, which speaks to Carm's point. Like even if you, it's easier to swallow missing out on Jameer Gibbs than maybe missing out even on Jack Campbell to some extent, 
you know, by, by reaching a little bit for these guys. So I, I see it from both sides. Absolutely. Um, the Duke timing in the Duke eight, one, one, $10. The love affair CHO has with the Detroit lions is getting nauseating when they are awful again this year. I plan on relentlessly reminding you of these takes. Who said the lion? Who's singing the lion's praise? Whole game I don't beat. know. I, Come on, Duke. I don't know. Bragg, I, Bragg just gave him an F. <laughs> gave everyone an F. I, I don't think anyone's sitting here saying the Lions are going to be that good. I like I like a couple of these moves. I like how they've added a lot of good football players, and I like Dan Campbell because he's awesome. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll take it you, on Duke. If, Detroit's the favorite in the division right now. That's just the fact. Without a doubt, is is if I had to make a bet right now, does Detroit win a Super Bowl in the next five years? No chance. Mm-hmm. Detroit. Sorry, it, that, that's like my analysis. Right? It's Detroit. Yeah. Like, yes, they're sending maybe the front runner in the division, but I don't. Yeah, not to that extreme. Winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, when we all have to thank Detroit too. The, the Packers were uh, were going to the playoffs if they won at home, and the Lions walked their ass in there and beat them, and Aaron Rodgers is now a New York Jet showing up at Knicks games and watching the Knicks lose to the Heat. I mean, this is – and by the way, he looks like awful comfortable in New York. So we do actually, at least a little bit, owe the Detroit Lions a thank you doing something that the Bears were unable to do. Yeah, but when the – Bears and Jets both finish in the same position in their uh, divisions this year. And Aaron Rodgers and the Jets visit Soldier Field in 2024. The Bears that's when I, that's I, when Carm gets his revenge game. I really hope that happens. Let's go. Come on, Aaron. Come back in that green and white. I don't hope that happens. How many times have you seen that guy just trample on your heart? Uh, and that you really think if that happens that the Bears are going to win that game? I listen, live, live life. Let's go. I want to play. I want to compete. By 2024, this roster is going to be so sweet with the two first round picks next year when he's just flying in edge rushers that are going to kill people. I know you are Ryan Poles. I believe in you, baby. Poles, 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 Poles. I'll take on Aaron Rodgers in 2024. Let's go. Okay. All right, let's take a look at the Vikings real quick. Um, and then I think before we get out of here, we got super chats. I kind of want to peek at the Panthers too, since speaking of that first round pick the Bears get. Gonna be rooting for rooting against Carolina all year. All right, first round, they end up with Jordan Addison, who I thought I I thought this was a little early for Jordan Addison. There's other wide receivers I like more. Uh Nick, this was your guy though, right? Yeah, I like I like Jordan Addison. Um I don't know if I like him. Well, for the Vikings, I guess it gives Kirk Cousins another weapon for them to just, you know, get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. But sure, yeah, it makes another compliment to Justin Jefferson. So, yeah, I think Jordan Jordan Addison was going to probably go in the 20s range, and 23 seems, for me, seems about right. I'll say this about Jordan Addison. I like him, and I would say this probably about any wide receiver, but I would like him better playing with Justin Jefferson than I True. do if he got drafted by a team that was like, you need to be our number one. You need to be our Justin Jefferson. Then I would have been like, I don't know if that's going to work out. But um, yeah, well, that one caught my eye on Thursday when I was like, oh, there's one more wide receiver uh, that the Bears have to worry about there. Uh, they go back-to-back USC picks because their next pick did not come until the third round, and they took Makai Blackman, the cornerback from USC. Um, I... I don't have a lot of takeaways from this Vikings draft class other than 
it was very noticeable that they didn't take any players that were high on the relative athletic scores. Whereas most yeah. of the teams in the division did the exact opposite. The bears definitely did the exact opposite. Um, the one guy I was kind of sort of keeping an eye on in this draft as a potential quarterback target for the bears was Jaron hall who ended up going to one pick before the bears. Uh, I think before the bears took Terrell Smith, I want to say that that was that area of that draft. He was um, 164. Uh, yeah, Terrell Smith was 165. 165. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, I mean, yeah. That the run on quarterbacks was kind of fascinating. I don't think there was that many great quarterbacks, but everybody's kind of looking for their Brock Purdy now. Everybody was in take a swing at a quarterback mood, except for the Bears. He, the the Jordan Addison pick for the Minnesota. Let's just stick there for a second. That was during a a run on wide receivers. He was the fourth one taken. Um, maybe they got it right. Super productive in the slot, which makes a whole lot of sense when you when you go with Justin Jefferson. But I, I got to say, at the time, I was like, and he went way later, so maybe I'm dead wrong. But I was thinking Hendon Hooker for them. You you are not you are not riding with Kirk Cousins forever. And like in my mind, like Hooker. Uh, and I think Cousins gets a, a, a slightly bad rap, but it's like, but on, on another level, it's like Hooker could have competed with him this year, possibly. So, um, but uh, you know, maybe maybe they have it right, and the three receivers that went in front of right in front of them uh, were that were wrong ordered, if you will, and, and and that happens all the time. So maybe Minnesota got it right with Addison. All right, and quick. He, and, and, yeah, it's a good point by all day three or four. He is their feeling uh, replacement, really. Yeah, yeah, and that's mm -hmm. where I could. I, I don't hate it. Um, all right, quick peek at the Panthers. The Bears will get their first round pick next year. Of course, Bryce Young, number one overall. That's an immediate upgrade. Really good player who I think is going to have uh, an immediate impact. I think. I, I think he's the most ready of all the quarterbacks. I think he's going to be an early favorite for uh, rookie of the year. Uh, not really going on a limb there too much, although it is the quarterback position, which is sometimes tough. Uh, I think the question with Bryce Young is just how will he hold up over the next few years? I think he's going to have a great rookie season, though. They also add Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss early in the second round. Um, so they, they go get him a big target, too, which he needs. And mm -hmm. obviously losing DJ Moore. A uh, little bit later on, fourth round, getting Chandler Zavala, of course, has some injury concerns, but for him to fall all the way to the fourth round, solid addition to the offensive line as well. No, yeah, makes sense. Good, good. Uh, I like the Jonathan Mingo pick for them, especially for, for a guy like Bryce Young. Uh, guys, did you see the picture of Bryce with next to, um, was it Brian Burns? When they're giving each other a handshake. <laughs> oh, I did not. Oh my goodness. It, it is like so small. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like the height difference. He looks like a fan going up to Brian Burns, shaking his hand. <laughs> it's crazy. You guys got to go check that out. Man. That's awesome. Do you guys think right now as it stands that that'll be a top 10 pick? I don't based on the division. division um, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm hoping that we get in. Let's, let's go top half here. Polls. Let's the get Panthers a top half. The Panthers were even kind of frisky, you know, last towards they the end won, of last they, season. They, they were a near playoff team last year. Um, if they had the ninth overall pick this year and added Bryce Young. I mean, rookie quarterback, though, uh, can he do it? It's an upgrade, though, for what they've had. A hundred percent. 
hundred percent. But like, but like, let's let's just let's just argue that 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 he has some early struggles. Not even argue. Let's just say logically, he has some early struggles. It takes a while for him to find the chemistry. Maybe he gets hurt in the middle of the year. Then they got to go back and 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 rewind. Yeah. Although every time I hear Frank Reich talk and with his spiked hair and his whole look, I get nervous. <laughs> that guy just seems so in control of his life. All right, let's speed through some super chats here and get out of here. Um, whichever order you want to go, the Duke, ten bucks for you guys to give me some reassurance that Jordan Love won't hurt me for the next decade. Duke, he's not good. Duke, Duke, if there's one thing you can feel confident in life right now is that Jordan Love is not Aaron Rodgers and or Brett Favre or even half of them. You can seriously go out and have a nice cocktail on all of us. You're going to feel great. All right, next up, Adam, 999, watching all seven rounds of the draft. I couldn't help but notice how much these organization drafts room are, how they look different. Do teams value the draft more than others? I don't think everyone tra- values a draft. But yeah, I I think they just some value their setup. facilities looking a certain way versus others. I wouldn't read into that too much. Um, Martin nine ninety nine. Thanks, thanks you guys for all the draft coverage. I wanted to ask you, uh, I wanted to ask how you guys see the offense meshing together with all the new pieces they've added via the draft, free agency, O line, and skill groups. All look solid. Uh, good news. We're going to go through all that this week on the show. A little bit later on, we're going to take a look at the the depth charts. Um, you know, later on this week, and you know, reevaluate how the whole roster looks after the draft, and we could see some more uh, free agent signings here as well. Cornelius Pryor, one ninety nine, will right have a chance to compete for left tackle. That would surprise question. me. It's interesting. It mm-hmm. would surprise me. Um, but uh, I, I I guess you never know. To me, he looks like yeah. a plug and play right tackle. You consider he was better at the right on the right side than left in college. I would probably keep it that way. J.R. Mayberry, two dollars. Well, the Vildor experiment should be over now. Not bad depth to have, though. No, yeah. Good depth. Say good that. Depth he'll, to have that. he'll still be competing. Uh Renetta. Not ready to give up on D Robinson yet. Agree. He's got to take a yeah. step forward. He was, you know, developmental player and he's got a chance to get better this year. Uh, Bragg's ending the show. $2. The weather gets an F. I agree. agree. Although it's mm-hmm. kind of like bear weather, which is not a thing. Not a real thing. They're going to be in a dome. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're out of here. Um, Please follow us on Twitter. Check out all the coverage on our YouTube channel. Scroll around a little bit. We got we got a breakdown up right now on Roshan Johnson, Darnell Wright, looking at the film. We got videos coming up on Zach Pickens and Jervon Dexter as well that are in the can and on their way. Way more to come. Yes, Carm? Bears after dark tonight at 6.30. Bragg's going to give all his thoughts on why he loves the Bears. Oh, that'll be a long show. All right. Uh, That's at 630 tonight. We're back also tomorrow at noon back in studio. We'll talk to you then.